0: That song is going to get stuck in your head today. I know it is. Girl from Imponema.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's going to get stuck in your head. Just saying. You're going to be cursing me. I'm going to have to give you another song to throw in there to go get this out of your head.
1: To clear your your song palette.
0: You don't always just use sound and color. I always go to like, that's my default um, head cleaner these days. Sound and color. by Alabama Shakes. So if you get caught up with girl from empanema in your head, um, I think uh, the point of that song is to um, kind of call back to an old school era of white dudes who go looking for brown ladies with long legs to be their wives. But we'll get to uh, all the Trump references later. This is Mr. Robot, episode three. Um, I'm sorry, season three, episode six. Kill process. Uh, this episode was written by Kyle Bradstreet and Sam Esmail, who have been killing it this season. Kyle Bradstreet, man, has been laying down. Um, he's been laying it down. I like that he's brief, but he's to the point. Um, and I like his scripts. I like what he, he's been doing this season. I like him in general. I like him across all the series, but... So we're going to do this scene by scene. And the reason we're going to do that is because so much... Sorry about that. Just bumped the mic. So much was packed into this episode that we kind of had to get into it, don't we?
1: Yeah. Just when I thought that they couldn't... Or last week when it was just pins and needles, they just amped it up and just injected it with like all the human growth hormones they can possibly they think did. of.
0: They did. As you know, the kind of the the... What he did last week was do the seamless, seeming episode, and then this week it was just chop, 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 cut, 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 from person to person to person, scene to scene to scene, scenario, scenario to scenario. We do have a little bit of a sort of slow burn in the beginning, but man, when it picks up, it picks up. And even the slower scenes had a lot of import. Take, for instance, this opening scene. In the past, the Moss family home, Washington Township, New Jersey. Young Angela is at home. Hey, by the way, did you notice that the young um, Angela is also the little girl who asked grown Angela if she cries during sex? and white I, Rose I didn't, didn't notice house.
1: that until you brought it up. Yeah,
0: she's that weird girl with the red phone and the schoolgirl's outfit. Yeah, White Rose's creepy, dark army little girl. Mabel Tyler, her name is. Uh, Sam Esmail is totally fucking with us. But yes, you saw Mabel Tyler as the little girl or girl in season two, episode 11, Python one. So already, are we in an alternate timeline in the present in 2015 or Sam Ismail just fucking with us? You know, is this a false memory? Is this uh, the first try at the do-over? I don't know. But what we know about this uh, this moment back in the past, that the, uh, young Angela's mom, Emily, Julia Crockett, remember they were playing the Davy Crockett theme in the band when they took Angela hostage? Davy, Davy oh, Crockett. Oh, that's right, yeah. The woman who plays Emily's name is Julia Crockett. Is this a coincidence? I don't know. Maybe so, but it is fucking with my mind. Everything is fucking with my mind. The fonts they use, fuck with my mind. Anyway, so Emily Moss is having a going away, peace out bitches death party because she's decided to stop doing cancer treatments after being exposed to high levels of radiation at the Washington Township, New Jersey plant, where probably a younger White Rose is building a way back alternative um, super collider particle accelerator flux capacitor machine So Edward, the real one, not the sea thing, throws everybody around, grabs them by the shoulders and shakes them like a baby, is coming to visit um, his co-worker Emily and encounters the young Angela who's sitting there eating some popcorn and watching Back to the Future 2 as though the show is not hitting us over the head with time travel while its creator Sam Ismail says he has ruled out time travel while continuing to reference this film over and over and over again. But the funny thing of it is, as um, she goes, you know, where's Elliot? And he goes, guess he's not filling up to it. Was this a reference to the fact that maybe uh, Edward had just pushed Elliot out the window and he had maybe a broken arm?
1: But did he push him out the window, though?
0: Or he fell out the window. Was You think this was around the time of the accident or around the time of the, the that Edward told young Elliot that he had the cancer, the big C. Uh,
1: I don't think it was at at the time of the accident because it it didn't look wintry. There was no winter up it felt in the like house. She was in shorts. Yeah.
0: So maybe that was on the horizon and coming. You know, maybe mom beat up Elliot. Who knows what was going on? Maybe he just wanted to get out of the house and get away from the whole fucking family and go to his his buddy's party. Um. And did Edward already push him out of the window? I just asked that question. Okay, I'm going to skip over my note. So. Angela doesn't want to be there, what we find out. Um, I mean, I know it's like really super cool to go to a death party where the cake says, See you in another life. I mean, even for what was this, probably had to be the 80s, that's a pretty dark um, red velvet cake to put out there for everyone to kind of. By the way, red velvet cake is uh, Christian Slater's favorite. Type of cake. I know this because I stalk him sometimes on Instagram when I remember to. So Edward, for some reason, has this total big thing about uh, wanting Angela to talk to her mother at her own death party, and she doesn't want to. And he uses a Back to the Future reference where Marty is at the Enchantment Under the Sea dance in the first Back to the Future. And he said Marty needed uh, to push his dad, George, to ask Lorraine on a date, or Marty would have never existed. And he said, you know, if Marty hadn't have done that and given him this push, he would have disappeared from the photograph. Marty would have disappeared from the family photograph. Just as Elliot erased his dad and Darlene from the Polaroid when Mr. Robart was born. It's not Robart, but Mr. Robot was born, right? So... I love Samus Mill in the writer's room, but sometimes I'm like, "Okay, I know you're, you've been telling us that something is hiding in plain sight, but we get it, we get it." You're on the one hand, you say there's no time travel. On the other hand, you keep doing all of these uh, hints to time travel when maybe what you mean is alternative universe or other chances or whatever the big sci-fi. Maybe thing that's going to
1: happen yeah but, there's a there's a lot of that that alternative um, outcomes, yeah, to with situations. a big fucking
0: baseball bat, dude, like no. this whole opening scene is just like, here you go, so Edward's like, you know you sometimes like like George did, you just need a little push to go over and talk to your mom and 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 then he tells Angela, you know he, he makes a request of her that in the future, if Elliot ever needs any help in the future right um can you just give him a little push okay knowing that he as um a real life human flesh person edward is not going to make it uh that much further than emily moss he's probably going to die soon thereafter
1: i wonder if i wonder if at this point he already knows that he's sick as well
0: i think he does i think that he he's shows just not up as
1: far along as
0: maybe not or maybe he's closer who knows i just know that he knows that he probably was exposed at the same time to the same amount i mean we all hit all of our um Stages of cancer in different ways, so maybe he was a little bit further along. Um, well, we do see also another person we see in the scene with curlier hair. Let props out to Sakina Jaffrey's um, '80s perm. She plays Antara Nayar. This is the lawyer that Angela comes to as an adult and says, "I have this, you know, inside intel on E Court and wants her to take the case back on." we see her as a young lawyer talking to Emily and Don – this is Angela's pop – and talking to her about, you know, hey, I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't bring this up again. And then she starts talking about this anonymous benefactor. And on that, Don, like, gets up and just leaves the conversation abruptly, causing Nayar to say, did I say something wrong? And Emily kind of shakes her head and just goes, never mind. Um, and she goes, look, you know, this person, he wants to take care of your treatments. And Emily's like, nope, I'm done with the treatments. Thanks, but no thanks. You know, hence the, I'm out of here, bitches cake. So who was the benefactor? Who do you think it is?
1: Well, I mean. When- it's got to
0: be somebody, somebody obvious to us.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I initially thought, you know, second time watching was, uh, it was White Rose because, she was running this program
0: yeah she might have been so mean, sorry
1: that's what i thought
0: we were trying for something because obviously if you're trying to get this particle collider or whatever the hell she's doing this flux capacitor off the ground you don't want to kill all the people who are smart well, and enough you have, to make you it you, happen you have
1: to look out after your employees because remember in that one scene that um the aldersons had that too they had someone you know uh, uh offering to pay the bills
0: Right. When uh, Elliot's in the emergency room, you mean, Yeah. like with the doctor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and and Edward's all like someone's taking care of it. So someone is handling these 26 people who are exo- exposed. Washington Township have a benefactor coming along handing out checks. Now, at first, when I first watched this, and I've watched it four times now and still missing a bunch of shit. So I'm not a genius, even by a long stretch. Um I thought White Rose as well. A younger White Rose, obviously, who's like, I feel really bad about exposing all these people to radiation while we're building my my super machine that's going to change everything. But then I started looking very closely at what happened. Don Moss gets up when this comes up, and then it's sort of puzzling my mind. Uh, and what I've been trying to do... With all things Angela, where to put her, where to place her, why does she do what she does? Why has she been bugging me so much? Why does she seem like so all over the place? And how is she
1: Her existence operating? tickles the back of your brain. It
0: does. It just, and so is for thinking about who is Angela Moss. And I'm not saying that I'm the only person who came to this conclusion, I wrote down my thoughts, I thought about them for about a good couple hours, and then I went to look for other like-minded individuals, and they agree with me. That, Philip Price, is Angela's father. And I'm convinced of it by now, and here's why. If you look at all their interactions, um, he gifts her with the guys who got her mom sick. He probably couldn't hand her Colby, but he could certainly give her the two low-level um. Mooks that he could get rid of, right, so that's one uh, a gift he uh he's shook in Turkey when Zhang brings up the fact that he met his pet project, Angela. His face falls here's a man, Philip Price, who controls the world uh, as he knows it, and the fact that Zhang, his mortal enemy. It has his hands on this girl really bothers him. The way he asks her to go to dinner on his birthday. He's not wanting to go to, to dinner with Angela because she's some hot young thing. I feel like Philip Price could pay $10,000 a night for a call girl and never even feel it. He doesn't need a company. I think he wants to go to birthday to his birthday dinner with his daughter. He also got uh, Elliot fired like no questions asked. It's a favor and the way he handles it. It's something you would do for your kid. There's many other reasons I could go into the way Angela has been angling to take down e and how he, she's always been on his radar and how her father Don reacts to her when he finds out that she's working for ECorp, the company that killed his wife, and also the man who is her actual biological father. I think the way if you go back and you look at those performances between Portia and Christopher, I think that uh, Michael Christopher, you'll see that. There's – she's been on her own mission from the very beginning to take down Icor. Um and in one way, I think, just as a proud father, he's uh, appreciating her determination. Otherwise, there's no reason that Philip Price would even be remotely giving someone like Angela the time of day.
1: Yeah, you make a lot of good supporting uh, – uh yeah, there's a lot of evidence, though. I, I see what you're saying. I just I'm just not convinced yet, not yet, but you a lot of the things you say do point to that or or will would would suggest that
0: yeah i you know I think also does she know that her price is her dad? I don't know um I would say that the big twist twist is that she knows, and she's known for a while that price is her dad, but I know that Don Moss has refused to take any kind of benefactor's money, and he's deeply in debt when uh, Angela goes to stay with him after she loses her job at AllSafe, she finds just, you know, piles and piles of, like, debt paper. And Don Moss would rather just, like, you know, eat shit and die in debt than uh, take this man's money. So I think Philip Price, who... And again, if you can look at the timeline, it's like... I know there was a guy before Philip Price that Jang White Rose got rid of, but looking at that timing, I still think Philip Price could have been there. And... And the reason why he maybe he's always hated White Rose and had this hatred towards Zhang is that or that pet would, project yeah. killed the woman that maybe he loved. Maybe the only woman he ever loved was Emily Ross, and Zhang's stupid pet project to capture some moment killed his in the present. No, Price love. didn't
1: have to be CEO. He could have been a high executive he at the time. It, 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 he didn't have to be. He
0: could have also CEO. been, you know, you know, some sort of uh, president of something or just a quiet benefactor somewhere else. So, I think. Price has actually crossed the street to set himself up in opposition of White Rose from the way back because he killed his baby mama.
1: I think so. That's interesting there. I
0: think this is an old feud. I
1: hadn't um, thought of that. And
0: I think it's long, and I think White Rose didn't discover who Angela was or what she meant or anything about her until... Um, she was about to off her. she was white Rose was distracted by focusing on Elliot carrying on his father's work and comes across Angela and finds out who the fuck she actually is. I think that might be the big thing that Ismail has been telling us to figure out all along. I might be wrong, but it's just watching a lot of Portia this season and just thinking on her and her face and who she is, and how half of her seems to be a cold, cut off robot person who can do some kind of cold shit that reminds me of price i think she makes him proud and i think the way he handles their initial meeting makes it feel like he's like oh you're that girl he peels off hundreds of dollars and gives it to her to go and buy shoes why does he give a why does he give a fuck about some low-level minion getting new shoes and coming to the gala why yeah. does he even give a fuck?
1: There's, there's the something very weird that about that. That his daughter... Yeah. Yeah. So that, I mean, that, that's...
0: Angela look, Price.
1: If, I, if I'm if i leaning any way, I would lean towards that theory.
0: Angela Price. But what I've learned
1: is that I'm... <laughs> I don't know.
0: I would love for Ismail to pull the rug out from under me, and and I, I, like I've always said on anything we do on any podcast, I love to be wrong. I love it when I'm wrong. I love the fact that I this show just scratches my my big puzzle itch. Um, and get we'll get to puzzles later, but like it just it makes me think, and I love it. I really do. Anyway, in this scene, uh, Nayar uh, vows to continue the lawsuit in Emily's name, and then you know you know, we know that Naar really only gets to a certain point and hits a dead end. And and I think it turns her into an alcoholic. I think uh E Corp in general makes her feel like, you know, this is the world, fuck it. Because she seems very hopeful at the time in carrying on in Emily's name. And when we meet Nayar, you know, in two thousand fourteen, fifteen, she's, she's she's definitely got a drinking problem. Yeah.
1: And she's working, you know, battery cases. Yeah,
0: she's covering up you know, shit birds from all over. So, then we see the young Angela walk up and um, tells her mom, like, this party is fucking weird. I hate it. What are you doing? And Emily says this kind of weird thing. She says, you know this isn't goodbye. Angela says, no, I know what dying is. You're never going to see us again, not dad, not me. Emily says, no, listen, I'm always going to be there for you no matter what. You want to know what I believe, that this isn't the end, that there's another world out there for both of us, that we'll see each other again and we'll play and dance and bake and sing. I guess that's their things. Doesn't that sound beautiful? Will you believe with me? Now, because Emily works with Edward, I have to believe that she's an engineer alongside him. And that she's been building this flux capacitor, particle accelerator, whatever, mahoofa. And I think she means this literally. I don't know if your take is that take, but the way I'm reading that is she is saying to her daughter, this is possible. She's not saying, you know, one day I'll see you in heaven, little little Angela. Yeah, if, I think if, she means we. Yeah. if our shit works out the way it works out, I will see you again.
1: Yeah, it, it's because of what what Ismail is doing. I, I I do believe it's literal. It's not it's not a naive religious type of right gibber jabber that you tell kids. Oh, you know, there's a heaven and and right, you know, all that bullshit. Santa Claus is
0: going to be riding a unicorn yeah. in the clouds. So because we literally cut from Emily Moss's face to Angela's face on the day of this big E Corp attack, this dark Army attack at E where she's talking to Elliot, and you know he's telling us with these shots he's saying. Your mother was working on this project with Edward Alderson and you know twenty four others, so this is highly possible. And White rose in that that meeting in the room where they used the Angela lookalike, Mabel Tyler. He she said to her, "Hey man, this is what your mom was working on." Mm-hmm. Edward Alderson and Emily Moss and. These other folks were working on this machine that makes sure that we can be in another, we can skip over to an alternate timeline. And that's what they gave their lives for. And if you'll just believe with me, we can achieve this.
1: So, I mean, for bigger picture, White Rose has followed the lives of Angela and... um,
0: Maybe Elliot, although I feel like when white rose at least Elliot, I think Elliot for sure, but I don't think she's even really given much thought to Angela. I think because she's like, you were like turning up like a bad penny,
1: yeah, and that's the thing where the, and I was about to off it's you throwing me for a loop is that.
0: I don't think she even gave consideration to Angela until she showed up, like, in Elliot's, you know, path and went, oh, who's this person? And then investigated her and figured out who the fuck she is. Because the way she talks to Philip Price, or the way Zhang talks to Price in Turkey, is like, oh, I know who that girl is now. That was that little code for me of him, like, oh, I saw your little pet project.
1: But there's no coincidences with with Zhang. Yeah. No. So it's but not like this, this I'm not
0: but she's not God and it doesn't mean that she can't be Yeah. When we the say order. Zhang, I want to say he, the pronoun, and then when we say what was she I get so confused. Uh, anyway, so we're right. we're on the, the 40, 41st floor. This is Angel's floor outside our office. Risk ahead. And I loved this scene, by the way, between Rami and Portia. I think it was very well played. It was very intense. It could have it it could have skated way over the uh, edge of overacting. But I think Sam Esmail directed it very well, and, and the actors kept it right in a certain place. I don't know how you felt about it, but I think they both conveyed kind of this, you know, obviously Elliot finds out that Angela has betrayed the fuck out of him. Like, this whole interchange. is like, what did you do? We need to let today happen. They're blowing up a building. Yes, I know. And you're okay with that? I love how his eyes are so bugging out. This is like the time that he, uh, when we first saw uh, Rami as Elliot, and he confronted Rohit. Rohit. Like, he's just all like there's a, he's just iris and then there's like like acres of white around his eyeball. And he pulls her into her office as these, these looters are coming in and they're going crazy and And she tells him, hey, your revolution is about to succeed. Isn't this, you know, what you wanted? He just needs the courage to see it through. Going back to the German proverb in the elevator in the last episode about perseverance is an art. um, You have to see this through. Yeah. And it also kind of suggests to me that we have done this before. We have been here before. We have tried this before. And then we've had different um, outcomes. Elliot says, you sound like him, Angela, you, you mean. And it's like.
1: Does that, I mean, that's what Mr. Robot says.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know. And Elliot's like, I need to stop this. And then Angela goes into, you know, about what White Rose is doing. She's going to change everything for the better. And and all of a sudden Elliot's like, what do you mean? You met White Rose? What the fuck what
1: is happening? What the fuck is happening? It's
0: crazy. She's going to save the world, but we need to let her. He's like, "Save the world." Angela, whatever White White Rose told you is a lie. She's a fucking terrorist. And if you let this happen, then she cuts him off. Then we're going to look back and see that these consequences were necessary. People are going to die. No, they're going to be fine, including your father and my mother. Now, Elliot, who's done the most crazy shit in the series so far, looks at her like, you just out crazy to me. What the fuck are you talking about? You're not making any sense. And he grabs her and pushes her to the wall. Listen to me. Whatever you pulled off that machine, I need you to give it to me now. I can't and I don't have it anymore. Where is it? Where's Tyrell? Blah, blah, blah. And she pushes him off of her and then turns her voice and her body language as she faces away from him, changes and says, I'm sorry, Mr. Alderson, but are you even allowed to be in this building? I heard you were let go this morning. And Elliot is, he's realized all this stuff in a compression of literally less than a minute that... His longtime childhood friend has betrayed the fuck out of him, that she's been working with Terrell, that she knows White Rose, that she believes in some sort of kind of crazy nonsense about changing it all and saving the world, and she's not about to even remotely help him thwart this attack, and that all this time that he trusted her, this is the only person he could trust, she was manipulating him, she was using him. In this little overhead shot of uh, Rami where the tears are in his eyes. He's heartbroken. He's pissed off. But he quickly makes sense of it. His brain computer is very quick. I would have had to process this for two months. Elliot does it in a matter of seconds. And he looks over at the red wheelbarrow bag that Hamburger Man left with Angela, probably containing a gun. So she can off herself or someone else. Everybody's really bad at their suicide packs on the show. Unless you're Chinese. And he figures it out. He starts in his brain to remember Tyrell's poem. So much depends upon a red wheelbarrow glazed with rainwater beside the white chickens. The only English that Tyrell's dad knows. And it explains to me so much about what the red wheelbarrow is. What is it? This is one of the things that Terrell brings into the hack, the master plan. And I think Red Wheelbarrow and White Rose are pretty funny people. I think they quickly convert um, this Chinese restaurant in a key location and make it a Red Wheelbarrow so they can have a bunker underneath that we're getting to. Uh, an homage to their lead hacker, and to one of their patsies. I think it's a tongue-in-cheek reference. Um, I'll get to more of the design of that building. Because Elliot wonders out loud, was that me or was that Dark Army? But I think Dark Army just kind of borrows from that and goes, it's all kind of the origin is from Terrell because they're setting him up to be the biggest patsy of all. Anyway, um, But what we get from this is that Elliot looks down at the bag and goes, that's exactly where he is. He's at the red wheelbarrow. So now we're at Darlene's FBI apartment, and she's being grilled by Dom and sort of by Norm about seeing Elliot. And she goes there without a wire. And Norm says, what did you tell him? And Darlene says, what, I had to. Now, what did Elliot and Darlene talk about? What do you think that they, in front of the E-Corp building, did they talk about the past, the present?
1: Yeah, because all all we know is that I've been working with uh, the FBI. I've been working with them since. Right. Cisco, they had. Right. They had as many. That's made. all the stuff we saw on camera. Yeah, so, so when I've, the camera
0: pulls away, I have no what idea. do you reckon? I mean, are, they, are we talking about a new angle? Um, you know, a way to save themselves? Are they revisiting the Vengeance Pact? Um, But during the scene, she gets a call from Elliot, and he has texted Darlene the address of where Tyrell is, this red wheelbarrow location, what in Koreatown or wherever. And he tells her to give the address to the FBI, because now he's very well aware that she's working with the FBI. So we know that the immunity probably for Darlene is off the table, right? And what he needs to happen here is he needs the FBI to stop Tyrell. Whatever's going to happen, he can't trust Angela. Um... He knows Darlene is in, you know, the palm of the FBI. So now he's going to use the FBI, FBI to his advantage to stop Terrell, to stop this blowing up of the downtown recovery center building. And then Dom is pushing Darlene to bring Elliot in, saying this naive shit like we can protect him when you have no idea that your own boss is Dark Army. Anyway, um But instead of pushing him to come in, Darlene says, everything I said this morning and everything I've done, I'm sorry, and gets off the phone. And Dom knows when she hangs up the way, Darlene is like a shitty poker face, by the way. But Dom is like looking at her like, what aren't you telling me? She knows that Darlene is holding something back. And again, we don't know what those, we don't know exactly what that is. And what what kind of plan that Elliot and Darlene have uh, made. But you can bet that the, the Aldersons have made a plan. They are nobody's fool. So now Elliot's on the move. And he can't access his backdoored machine. He can't log in because of the riots and all the protesters and shit. So he's got to log in to the UPS. And that's located at the recovery building. So now... Elliot's running, going to be running right into the downtown recovery building, and you're like, "Oh shit!"
1: Yeah, they're going to kill Elliot in
0: episode six of season three. But um, they did not. But getting there is funny. So Santiago's office, Dom and Norm tell Santiago where Tyrell is, and we know, and Dom and Norm do not know that Santiago is Dark Army. And he's doing all of the, you know, stall tactics of, well, we don't know for sure that Terrell is there. Darlene's a shitty CHS. She disappeared on us for a week. And he gives Dom and Norm the, we may only have one shot at this routine. We got to get this right. Um, So we're just going to surveil this place. We're not going to go in. We're just going to see until we have like visual confirmation, right? And then after Dom normally Norm leave, Santiago, uh, Santiago text Irving, location burnt, need to take care of Wellick. And you're like, oh, snap. And then we also see on Santiago's office TV that this UN vote um, allowed China to annex Congo with the U.S. abstaining. So, Zhang has already gotten what he wants. He's gotten his coal mine in the Congo without eyes so he can continue his project of the flux capacitor particle collider flu-fla machine. And then we're at Mar-a-Lago. I think when you and I first watched this and we saw, like, the glass land on the Mar-a-Lago napkin, we were like, I guess they're going to go there with this whole Trump thing. How can you, at this point, this jarred a lot of people, this Trump kind of reference thing, but how can you, if you're in 2015 in a show that's talking about hacking in the present world, how would you avoid the whole conversation about Trump and the Russians and Mar-a-Lago?
1: I don't think you would avoid it. It would just be, It'd I be mean, part of the conversation.
0: By now, almost, you know, a year in since the the vote and almost the inauguration, it's like, yeah, it got, it's it's old that every show has made a lot of Jokes about the regime
1: and, and whatever, but
0: I just think it would be dumb if he left it out. I why would you not include it?
1: Yeah, and I like how I like it's it's actually his peers who are are passing the judgment. Of it's, course, it's these other billionaires, other world leaders. Exactly. I, I think that is that's really that's really cool to see, and it's not just citizens complaining, right, right. and taking know.
0: sides and playing uh, football politics. Yeah. These are the the one percent of the one yeah. percent who are sitting around, you know, making jokes about him and um and how they kind of lead into it. You know, Zhang is at the bar and Price joins him and gives him his congrats. You know, um and you know on, on his Congo vote that you know, hey, you got your Congo annexation, and then you know, Prince ta- uh, Price is talking about you know the soiree that. Sergey is throwing, you know, don't want to miss it. And he said, Did you see that buffoon of an owner, meaning Trump, in the lobby? Um, meaning, I kind of got the idea that they didn't know that Trump was going to be like the guy. But they were like, whatever the Russians are throwing together, I guess we're on board with that. We'll just have to look at what he's cooking up. Uh, but the joke was, you know, Trump's a buffoon. The Mar a Lago is like, a, you know, a ghastly, tasteless. Tasteless.
1: Lead. These pink wall, these pink lit walls.
0: Yeah, red roses and just how it's kind of like old man throwback. Again, hence the music girl from Empanema. This is a, you know, a, a grown white man's version of a really cool exotic song about a young girl underage from Imponema. Um, Probably to do with some sort of sex scandal uh, now in the present day. Don't want to ruin that song for you guys, but I'm kind of picking up that maybe that's what they were kind of laid down about that. Little, I think, would anybody know in that room that this uh, buffoon was going to be president. So, um, and then he's asking Zhang about the accord uh, to approve his e-coin. Because this is Price's big thing. He wants e-coin to be the new currency um, of the world. And Zhang says, I will be done by the end of day. You have my word. And Price is like, oh, thank God that's settled. Almost kind of shocked that it, was seemingly easy.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean,
0: thinking you got the accord. Now remember, Zhang set up this whole um, stage two hack. If he didn't get the annexation of the Congo as a threat over Price's head, when Price got cocky and and you know got it in his face when they were in Turkey and kind of called him out publicly in front of you know when he was making his address. Jang is like, oh, I'm going to show you who's who's the big bitch here.
1: Yeah, He. what did he say? It's time that Philip Rice gets his hands labbed. That's
0: right. So, I think... I don't know how this is going to affect it. We'll have to see that how the story plays out. But will those 71 facilities being destroyed devalue Ecoin somehow? If it's said to be... Or does he just totally not do it? Does he just totally not sign the accord at all? And goes, how can I sign the accord when I, there's no, there's no, va- there's, there's no, no faith.
1: There's no, yeah. Right. You don't have you something don't to. You don't exist yeah.
0: at this point in time. Well, he, that's,
1: well, that's why he had that all will be done by end of day. has right. a double meaning to it. Essentially like,
0: wiping E-Corp off the face of the earth. Right? Yeah. Is that what would happen? If you, if you destroyed the backups, you literally have no control over anyone so how can you be empowered to hold the currency of the world if you just don't literally have a leg to stand on?
1: Yeah, all your financial uh, information went boom is is gone. We
0: are kind of burying lead, but if you've seen the episode, this should not be a spoiler to you about how this episode ends. But how we get there is really cool. I know on the way out of the room they body shame Trump. Uh, he's invited Zhang to go boating, and uh, they talk about his too tight, too short swim trunks. I love that that uh, prize quips hanging brain. And Zhang does a spit take. And then there's nothing to talk about. After they kind of like get their business done and body shame Trump, um, Price kind of awkwardly leaves. And then after he leaves, Zhang gets a call from his lover assistant, Grant, Grant Chang. And uh, Tyrell's location has been compromised because Elliot figured it out from the bag and called it into the FBI. Now the Dark Army knows, and Zhang says, well, that doesn't change anything. You know what to do.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, everything's already set in motion.
0: Right. So Elliot's making his way over to the downtown recovery building, and the fire department has been there. I guess his kind of uh, half-baked, off-the-cuff bomb threat has done some good because they've evacuated the building, but by the time he gets over there after leaving E Corp, Uh, There's like a false alarm because basically he's saying, I I left them no bomb to find. And no one's going to be looking for a sophisticated hack such as like setting off the, the battery with hydrogen, filling up the room and blowing things up. So Elliot starts telling us what kill process is. It's when an unwarranted process is running and you need to terminate it. I need to kill stage two before it kills anyone else. So this next sequence, which I think is my favorite of the episode, I really loved this entire sequence um, that runs throughout. And there's a kind of again as uh, an antithesis to the last episode. This is where we just we're just chop 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 scene 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 action 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 action, action to the very race to the end. Um, he goes to a conference room, gets in the elevator. I think he he steals. I'm sorry about that. He steals a uh, security guard's um, ID. And gets in the building as they're letting people back in. He takes the elevator to a conference room, pulls out his tech, and gets on his computer. And then he does discover that Angela Tyrell robot whatever worked around his patch, and the Dark Army signed their own malware with a cloned HSM. And by the way, Rami, when he's typing at the computer here on his Origin computer, he looks like a he looks so Simpson like beaker esque. I don't know. He's just very funny. Um, So now Elliot's got to roll it back. He wants to put uh, the clean version on that's going to overwrite Terrell and Robots Malware. So this is going to give Elliot time to revoke the stolen keys. Okay? So he's about to hit the enter button and he starts to crackle out like, why can't I do this? Why can't I start the restore? Which calls back to season one in the pilot where Elliot can't delete the raspberry pie. Yeah. You know, leave me here.
1: They, they didn't have that, that, uh, the crackling sound effect back then.
0: Right. So now that's sort of harkening back to that time. Where it's like, leave me here where I think, you know, in season one, the pilot, he had a more healthy, if you can say that relationship or an unknowing relationship with his altar. Now that he's aware of Mr. Robot, there's that kind of fight for space in his brain. Uh, and then he looks down and he's wearing the Mr. Robot jacket, which freaks him the fuck out. So he's kind of half robot, half Elliot. And then he slams himself against the wall. Next, he's in a cab uh, and going, what the fuck? Like he's he was in the conference room. Now he's in the cab going to Houston, Houston and Avenue A. And Elliot's like, when did I say that? And the cab was like 20 seconds ago. And he sees by the cab's clock, 1157, that he's lost about 15 minutes. So Mr. Robot sent him out of the building and put him in a cab to get him away from the recovery building. So he makes the cabbie pull over, and he yells at him to, like, stop. And Elliot slams into this partition in the cab. And this is the beginning of the Rami Malek bash fest. My favorite part of the episode. Um... He runs out of the cab, toward the recovery building. Rami didn't have any way to lose. He probably lost another like 10 pounds. He knows these batteries are already loaded and the hydrogen is filling up in the battery room, right? So this explosion he's explaining to us could happen in two hours, two minutes. He really doesn't know. There's no like precedent for this. He's just trying this out. He knows that it's going to explode eventually, but he really doesn't know. This isn't like cutting the red wire, blue wire. So it's it's a race against time. And Elliot even says to us, why do we always cut these things so damn close? I love the show is like winking at us. So now we're at Darlene's FBI apartment. She's calling Dom and wants an update. And Dom refuses to tell her anything, but also hits back with, hey, man, whomever you're protecting, I sure as shit hope they're worth it. And Darlene is, like, really frustrated because she's like, you know, you guys wouldn't be shit without, you know, Elliot calling in this tip about where Terrell is. And she just can't sit there anymore, you know, putting her puzzles together and drinking her whiskey. She's also out of whiskey and noticed her the bottle's empty. And she sits there for a beat and then she grabs her coat and leaves her apartment. She's, like, fucking out of there. We don't know where she's going yet, but it's like she just can't sit still. So now back of, at Dom's desk, she is also sit, uh, sick of sitting at her desk and just, you know, waiting this shit out. And it's funny. She asked Norm if Norm if he's uh, hungry. And then they code talk about going to lunch, right? Meaning let's go to Red Wheelbarrow. I get the feeling that these two have had this in their code of lunch means let's yeah. just go to the site of wherever we're not supposed to go to. And they go. Um, again, there's so much shades of Fight Club in this season, and that's one of those we're not supposed to talk about, you know, his name is Robert Paulson kind of thing. Um, now we're at the Red Wheelbarrow Bunker, and Tyrell is in this underground lair, and the Dark Army dudes in their spiffy leather jackets. I have to say, the Dark Army provides their guys with really lovely leather jackets. They're packing up files, and I love this shot because they have Bobby Cannavale as Irving standing in profile, just being Irving. He's like totally unflappable. And Tyrell and his, you know, he's pre-panic right now. You can see it. We should be monitoring monitoring the fallout where Joanna, my son, and what time is our flight to Kiev? And Irving is just looking at him. He's just standing there looking at him. And Tyrell is starting to realize that something is just not awesome. I didn't know what I thought was going to happen, but I—I I didn't think he was going to shoot him or kill him.
1: But when he reached in the jacket, I kind of almost was like, "Oh, is he going to?" Because even Tyrell was just like, has his eyes closed, and like he's going to shoot me. Like, uh, uh. Yeah, you know.
0: But this is like these cuts to kind of get us to the end. The recovery building. Ellie's—he's back. Elliot's back in the building. He gets back to the conference room. His computer's gone. I love that he just, motherfucker. And he says, is Mr. Robot gaining control or am I losing control? If he has the power to switch, does that mean I do too? Is this a matter of who wants to win the most? Yeah, I agree. This is fucking confusing, he tells us and the fish. And then he heads out into the hallway and enters a computer lab. Because now he's just got, I feel like, Elliot has spent a lot of time this season trying to just get on an open terminal. Like that's been his problem is that he can't get on a terminal <laughs> anywhere. He's hacking into like, you know, underground um hacker contests and you know, going and hitting up Edie, the whiteout sniffer, and now he's in this computer lab. Um so he, he goes in the computer lab. Now we're back over with Dom at the red wheelbarrow. She's over there, obviously Norm's in the car, and she's doing a surveillance of um, of Red Wheelbarrow. Her, her spidey sense is up. She's got that kind of, as we know, she's Johnny Law this season and last season, and everybody else be damned she's going to go with her instincts. And now below in the bunker, Irving is letting Terrell know your trip to the Ukraine. Well, that's not going to work out the way we discussed it. Now we have Elliot in the computer lab. He gives a nod to what I want to call the 99 cent store, Zach Efron. Um, and he's trying to be cool and trying to act not crazy. And then Dom is in a surveillance room at Red. Uh, she's surveilling the Red Wheelbarrow. And then Terrell, we had a deal. I found a solution. You said you were bringing my family to me. And. Now we're, you know, there's Dom in the red wheelbarrow, blah, blah, blah. And then Elliot takes a seat at the terminal in the lab and signs in as RT underscore admin. Now we're back in the bunker and Tyrell is screaming at Irving, which is completely surprising, right? That Tyrell is not good under pressure, right?
1: Yeah, he's always screaming at the, like, that time with, with when he found out about the, um, the shipping stuff, and he's yelling at Elliot. He just loses his shit,
0: no. like, or the, he pays
1: a bum to beat the shit out of.
0: For the longest, maybe he, maybe he's missed out on way too many bum fights. I think you know those bum fights kept him from losing his shit because for the longest time, I thought that Terrell was like this beautiful vampire kind of calm and cool and collected guy. And now he's not getting his way. <laughs> he's screaming at Irvin. he's, Irving. He's like, you fucking promised the plan is happening because of me. And this is how you repay me. And can we just say that I love Irving. I love Bobby Cannavale as Irving. He doesn't blink. You know, he's got his pompadour with a spotted gray, his leisure suit, his, his uh, Elvis glasses. I have a theory about Irving. Tell me if you feel like this is true. I think he's a made guy that when the mob started kind of losing its power, maybe he was a super young guy. Maybe he never made it to capo or he did. I don't know. He seems to have capo skills. And when the mob kind of fell away or everybody went off to prison or they just, again, lost their power, he learned how to adapt. And he jumped in with the biggest mob going, which is Dark Army. Because in the underworld, he would have had been connected to some dark shit to even run across the dark army. You don't just like... He's, doesn't, uh, he's not a hacker. Um, I think he's a made guy. And just the way he dresses... And also the way he handles shit. Like people scream at him. And terrible things happen. And while he's ordering a milkshake, you know, he's being told about something. And he's like, well, did the guy die when Ellie gets shot? He just doesn't even miss a beat. This tells me that obviously... He's in the mob or was in the mob or whatever because, you know, anyway, he's playing that very, very well. Um, so Elliot's in the computer, computer lab again. He's searching the status of the UPS to see, like, what happened to it and looking at the patch. And now we're in the bunker in Irving's, like, I'm afraid the situation is more nuanced than that. computer lab, um, he's searching the progress of the UPS... UPS, and he glitches. It's 12.28. No, I one need more time. And you see Robot stealing something from him again. And he's he comes to in the elevator. And I think it's like, at least he didn't get too far this time. He's lost five minutes, right? And as he goes and swipes his card in the elevator, he's like, this isn't one of our bullshit stalemate prison chess games. In this case, a stalemate means Mr. Mr. Robot wins. So, the stakes are very high for him to be able to communicate, control, reason with, fight robot. You know, they're not sitting on, you know, a picnic bench playing fucking chess. (laughs) This could mean people die, right? Now we're in the bunker again. So, Terrell is like, So, this is it. This is how it's going to end. And that's that moment where Irving reaches into his jacket, his suit jacket, for something. And we think, Is it gun? Is it whatever? And he pulls out an envelope. Which I think is a little bit creepier, right? Yeah. And then we're cutting to Dom surveilling Wheelbarrow and looking around. And this is when I really started to notice that this Red Wheelbarrow used to be a Chinese restaurant. It's so obviously been um, thrown together in these six weeks that they still have the Chinese patterning on the wall. And they have these happy-looking animals that are ready to be slaughtered, uh, smilingly so. Well, we'll come back to decor later. Um, so Irving gives these instructions to Terrell below in the bunker from where Dom is standing, and he says, follow the instructions inside and then burn them. And then Dom upstairs decides, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to order some food. And in the bunker, Terrell's like, you're not going to kill me. Irving turns to go and then turns back and says, Terrell... I'm sorry. And I think he means this. I think Irving, who will tell anybody anything, who's probably seen a lot of shit, feels bad for the guy.
1: I wonder if they told Tyrell in that letter that his wife is dead.
0: That's a good question. You know. That's a good question.
1: I wonder if that's the part of the the, I'm sorry.
0: Yeah, because why would he say that and him going like, what? Maybe that is what happens. Um, I don't know. And so now we're back at the recovery building. And Elliot is running down the hallway. He gets back into the computer lab. There's the 99 cent Zac Efron standing there. Um, Elliot gives him another nod when he comes back in. This time he's out of breath and he's sweating. Dude's giving him like, what the fuck is up with the new guy? The weird guy. And he logs in and he traces the UPS and then glitches. And he comes to and he's still sitting at the terminal. But now he's locked himself out um, of his connection. So he's lost three minutes. It's 1244. Um, So Elliot has an idea. He's like, I'm running out of options instead of fighting. Maybe it's time we talk. Now we're uh, back at Wheelbarrow. Dom is ordering. Um, She quizzes the checkout girl who's talking about how long they've been open, computer lab, Elliot pulls up the notepad and writes to Mr. Robot, it's not too late. We can still stop this. I think something like, we are not murderers.
1: Yeah, that was a very interesting way to communicate with Mr. Robot, I thought. I think it's – I liked you know, it. through a. You know, a, I'm going to text myself this message, and when I read it, I'll have this conversation. I thought that was kind of cool.
0: In a way, it's like it works for us as the audience to kind of see – How he's bridging the partition. Because they used to talk. They used to be homies. They used to be able to seamlessly. Interact with each other. But because you know. Elliot's built this wall. Um, Yeah. I love the device. Because we were totally. Literally on the page. With Elliot Mr. Robot. So. um, I think yeah. Elliot's typing. We are not murderers. People don't need to die for. And the computer now is thrown to the ground. The lab's been smashed the fuck up. Elliot's like, I guess he didn't like my note. In ninety nine cent store, uh, Zach Efron is backed up against the wall and he runs for it, kicking over the garbage can. And Elliot spots the fire extinguisher, and this reminds him like I need to get to the battery room. Um, then Tyrell's on his cot. He reads the instructions. Uh, Dom's taking her meal to the table. She's in real And then San Diego's office. I thought this was an interesting thing to put in there. Santiago calls his mom and tells her to stay home for the rest of the day. And he's promising to, you know, same-day ship her some insurer. And he looks at his I love New York City snow globe. He knows what's coming. He knows that 71 facilities are about to go kaboom.
1: Well, I mean, he thinks is Isn't that, he? No, I, I don't think he knows what's coming. He thinks—the way I look at it is he thinks that this— this building is going to collapse in New York because his mom's in New York or in the area because he, she said, he said, I'll, I'll be ba- I'll be by.
0: So you think that he just thinks it's one, but he, he has that, no he, idea it's 71 facilities. I don't
1: think he knows.
0: Because they probably wouldn't tell a turncoat yeah. like Santiago all the stuff. They would just no. say, keep it off the radar. It's
1: need to know, and he doesn't need to know. Well, see,
0: there you go. I didn't even pick up on that. I thought he was like, you know, big smarty, but why would they tell Santiago, you know, and again, no one loves a snitch. Um, so Dawn gets up and she looks around and she goes to the bathroom in the red wheelbarrow. That's her next scene. And this is when I notice something very obvious uh, about the decorations. Again, you know, the, the animals led to the slaughter. Kind of dark armies take on people. And I look over to the kitchen door that, that's across from the bathroom door. And there's an axe embedded into a stump. It has a little bit of blood on the tip. And then there's, um like all the chopped wood laying around the stump, again, hearkening to Terrell, chopping wood in his lair in the woods, the Dark Army lair, and also literally the door that would lead her to Terrell eventually. Um, So Terrell's down there reading the instructions, pours some vodka in the bucket, sets it on fire, drinks a bunch of vodka, ties some handcuffs to a bed, and uh, we're thinking, okay, that's interesting. And then Angela's on the subway. And a dude in an F Society mask robs everyone on the train. And these two old ladies hand o- hand over their purses. And she just doesn't. She's still got, by the way, the Tammy Faye mascara look ha- happening. And she just, like, not even rocked. Now we're back with Dom at the Red Wheelbarrow. Well, on,
1: on that train, yeah. you know, going back to what you were saying earlier about names of people... Like those two old ladies, there was um, a billboard of someone, and I don't know if it's a real person, but it was a billboard of, of this actor in this show, and it was first, I can't remember the first name, but the last name was Doubleday.
0: Was it? Yeah. <gasps> so kind I was like, oh, out. look that.
1: Are that. Are they playing with, uh, you know, just throwing names out there again?
0: Good shout out. I like it. And the guy was like twitchy. He was in a suit. He obviously has problems. Uh, Maybe he's the guy who got laid off at E-Corp. I don't know. Uh, But he's robbing everyone, and she ain't giving up her purse. Because she's like, this is not even happening. We can We can undo everything. So now Dom gets into the kitchen, and she sees the smoke. She exchanges some Spanish with the worker. And she sees uh, that there's a back room. And then Norm tells her, I'm looking at the blueprints, dude. And there is no back room. So she's totally by herself. And... She calls in the fire to dispatch and reports, you know, as an emergency transmission that at 1197 Broadway. And then also notify ASAC Santiago and 5-9 task force of a possible well exciting, right? So she goes down into the bunker and looks around and sees that there's a secret back door marked by a red apron. Maybe that's what caught her attention, but something about that door—the seal in the door. Dom is like, because it's a smoke-filled room. She sees Terrell's jacket and his tie. She sees the handcuffs that are open, you know, and and she, you know, finds the way he possibly got out. Anyway, back on the train. The dude faces down with Angela. She doesn't hand over her purse. She doesn't back down. He runs away. Now we're back to the bunker. And, um, well, the two old ladies said you could have died. And Angela's like, no, no one's going to die. Are you getting the feeling that Angela has lost her? Is she losing it? Or does she know exactly what she's doing? Is she, like, so full focus that I'm reading her as crazy?
1: No, I think she knows what she's doing. At least she, I think she believes she knows what she's doing. Right. You know, she's unwavered.
0: She's like she's just on a mission. Yeah.
1: Ever since she met White Rose in that room, she has been a completely different Angela.
0: I think so too. So. And I don't know when she shows I don't know up what at,
1: she is. I don't know what direction she's going.
0: When she shows up at the lawyer's house, she's like please don't ever call me again, you know, don't whatever. She does seem like something like the Manchurian candidate. So, um I want to Okay, we're, ho- we're hopping over to the recovery building and Elliot is explaining to us that the battery room has a, a halo carbon fire suppression system and if he can activate it, it's going to suck the oxygen out of the room in 30 seconds, seal all the doors and create a vacuum, making it impossible to create any kind of spark, uh, which would prevent, and before he can finish telling us how this would work, Mr. Robot throws his ass down the stairs. Um. I I want to believe, because we know that Rami is a method actor. He's eaten his own puke. He's done a lot of stuff. He's eaten fish guts in a movie. That, and probably drank this on urine, I'm just saying, that hopefully they put pads down. I mean, obviously they did something. They either used a stunt guy in some cases. But it feels like that was Rami throwing himself around. Hopefully they put green screen pads down and they CGI'd in concrete because... um, I feel like he'd be in intensive care and wouldn't be able to finish the season. Or it's the last thing they shot and he was in traction for a week. I don't know. Um, he comes to on the floor and he starts glitching. And I feel like when he's in that – at the bottom of those stairs, you know, when he's glitching out and we see all the different shots of him glitching, like he he was able to kind of fend it off in a way. I don't know if I'm interpreting that or over-interpreting that. You know, when like – after he goes down the stairs, he's yeah. just like glitching and glitching. Um Okay, so then he gets to the battery room. It's actually basically outside the battery room. The long hallway to the battery room. (laughs) This, I should have said, this is the scene I was talking about. This is the scene that should win all time on Mr. Robot is my favorite scene. Mr. Robot beats his ass up all the way down the hallway, meaning that Rami will pause and throw himself up against the wall or on the floor or bang his head into a pipe. This whole sequence, I loved it. it. I laughed out loud, especially the last one when he bangs his head sideways into the pipes. Oh, my God. Please let that be featured somewhere on something. It's got to be a GIF. And I was also impressed with that, that uh, wall flip where he literally flips himself like horizontally. Um, against the wall and then he's telling us the kill command here I am trying to use it to stop the attack while Mr. Robot is trying to use it on me does that mean that we cancel each other out fighting so hard we uh, we end up standing in place fuck that I got to keep moving and I have to hand it to Elliot he he just literally won't stop until he's you know he's trying he's just going to do it right So we find that Dom gets a dressing down from Santiago, but Santiago can't look like he's repressing Dom in this moment. She has found the lair. He's got to play good boss. He can't give himself away that he's dark army, but he kind of, you know, he sends her back to her, the office, like evidence will be coming in. Even though you have no respect for authority or chain of command, evidence is coming in. So you should go back to the office. Now we know where Angela I mean where Darlene is gone. We're at Angela's apartment. She's still got um Tammy Faye mascara. She has not changed uh, her clothes. And Darlene, <laughs> favorite line probably um of the episode, I can see your big ass eye open up.
1: Yeah, so that was that was pretty funny. It's
0: pretty dope. I love how the show just sort of makes fun of like, you know, the actors on it. They're all in the know. So we're outside at the battery room, and Robot throws Elliot up against the wall. Um, that one shot that we kept seeing in the trailer, <laughs> I feel like, I don't know how many times I did this take, but I feel like Rami is like, oh, that's the one that stings. Um, so then we're outside the FBI building, and we have Dom ordering coffee from a food truck, and that's just to put her outside the building, right? Because we can't have her going all the way up. If she was all the way up in her office, she would have missed what happens next. Then we have Angela's apartment. Darlene gets in Angela's face. You fucked us. You bent us over the sink and went to town. Which, by the way, I think is a shout-out to Cisco um, when they had bathroom sex. And Angela's like, you're not making any sense. We're on the same side. Um, Angela, you and I were talking about this earlier today. Angela totally believes that she is doing the Lord's work.
1: Well, she's the only one who is committed to the plan that Elliot and Darlene started the whole yeah. season doing. So. That's right.
0: She's right. And what do you want, right? You know, you're gonna your precious plan is gonna succeed, right? She even
1: said this is your revolution. After today your revolution will be achieved. You were
0: gonna take down this corporation and you were going to, you know, isn't that what you wanted all along, Darlene? And Darlene's like, you know, we didn't ask you to kill people. Anyway, so battery room, outside this battery room, Ellis tried to uh, swipe his card. It doesn't work. He kicks the door, but, uh, you know, robot robots throwing him into filing cabinets. All of these cuts where they're glitching back and forth have found to be really awesome editing. And when he comes to in the battery room, outside the battery room, he sees a note on a terminal and again using this um this thing of using the notepad to talk to each other he's like give up kiddo get out get out of here before you kill us both and Elliot sees that this is the first time that robots responded and he starts talking to him through notepad and explaining to him like how They've been played. You know, you've been played. This building is empty of records in the first place. What are we even doing this for? And this is the first time that robots actually heard this. Because, again, their go-between has been Angela. And with those, with Terrell and Angela out of the way, and them speaking directly to each other, robot has this proof because Elliot attaches the file that says, Here, look. These records are not here. They're in their original buildings. They're not here. And this gives Robot great pause, the side of Elliot that wants to pull off this hack. Meanwhile, you know, Dom's out getting her coffee at the food truck. Well, it comes running up, screaming his guts out about stopping the attack. And it took me, like, probably the fourth watch to finally fully figure out what I think Wellick is doing. I think his his instructions were to Mm -hmm. run to the FBI, turn himself in, and say that he was held hostage by F Society and forced to pull off the Stage 2 hack, uh, be a part of it somehow, mine his information. And I really do believe that they're going to use the shell casing um, against F Society to say, They took him hostage on the night of the initial hack. They've held him ever since. He hasn't been able to get away. They're going to place, you know, Dark Army's putting the origins of F Society in Iran. Um, The only question is, will Willett give up his boo as the mastermind of F Society? Is he going to hand over Elliot? Is it going to be some other guy that we don't know about? Because we know they have Nori. Um, So what are they going to do with that? Back at Angela's apartment, um, Angela's like, you're the ones who dragged me into this. We didn't ask you to blow up a goddamn building. And Angela's like, you don't know what you're talking about. They're evacuating the building. Now, let's talk about what people know. You said today, and, and I believe you because I'm the Forest for the Trees person, that Angela believes that the records are in the downtown recovery building and that the building has been evacuated.
1: Yeah, well, maybe. I thought I was
0: high. I thought that in the bunker, she said to, was she, she was working with Terrell to get the records. They, hit. they were
1: trying to get the records back in. This is the way I took at it: is that they knew that Elliot was sabotaging them, so they were trying to get the records back in, and and went, her
0: job was just to keep Robot awake this entire time.
1: To keep, yeah, to to keep him from from reversing the, the the shipping right or she could have known that they're not there and knew that th- th- they're, they're just going to blow up this building anyway right the thing is, is i don't think she knew that they were going to blow up 71 buildings
0: i i can't i'm i'm tending to absolutely agree with you about that i think that if she had known that that was the heart but you know in her mind this can all be undone so what's a hundred people you know Well,
1: yeah, that's true. She did say at the beginning of this episode, "No one's going to die. Everyone will be fine." So So, I don't. Again, I don't know.
0: So we go outside the battery room again. This is again. We talked about this. This Is the Elliot and Robot talking to each other? And like, what are you even fighting for? There's no paper records here. Blah blah blah. Um, He starts to think about it. We have a lot of scenes where you know a lot of cuts where Robot is just rather than you know hitting Elliot. Uh, thwarting Elliot, he's he's thinking. And I love how they bring in Christian Slater toward the end of the episode that we see um, Rami carrying the full weight of the, the switching back and forth at the beginning of the episode. I also love how the show changes up how it tells the story every week. It can be a seamless episode. It can be this high-paced action scene. It can be, I love the slow kind of cadence and rhythm of season two. And if we didn't have, by the way, the the blueprint and the map and the guide of uh, Season 2, we would not be making any sense of Season 3. Just that's true. little word out to the Season 2 haters. Um, So at Angela's apartment, you have Darlene like, tell me which I shouldn't call the FBI and turn you in. And this is where Darlene's like, I mean, Angela's like, with all the paper records consolidated there, this is going to mark the official end of E-Corp.
1: We'll see then again. She... She believes that they're there. She
0: does, and she is being played by them. Um, the Dark Army is no one's friend, as Elliot has told her. And Elliot is very when he's when he's not, you know, tripping. Um, he te- well, I'm, I mean, even when he is Mister Robot, he tends to be correct about things. So I think calling White Rose a, a fucking terrorist is not inaccurate, you know. Um. So Robot Robot, uh, gets proof from Elliot about the fake shipping records. Uh, Dom runs up to Tyrell outside the FBI building, and he says, you know, you got to stop the attack. And she's like, what attack? And then we're outside the battery room. Um, Oh, by the way, Angela's apartment, Darlene says, you can lie to yourself all you want, but when you're alone at night, this shit will haunt you. Trust me on that. I take that from that. Obviously, she's calling back to the woman she killed. Um, the lawyer that she tased in the heart in her own pool and drowned her and then put her in the doggy furnace. I think uh, this kind of, I don't know, what troubled me about this line from Darlene to Angela is just blowing up a building with no casualties, how is that going to haunt her? I mean, why is Darlene all of a sudden so concerned about just blowing up the recovery building?
1: I don't. I don't know. Uh,
0: the line seemed out of place. You
1: know. I think. I think it's just the whole Darlene's whole. This season has been very out of place to me. Just because in season one they were all ready to blow up Steel Mountain with all the people in it, and there wasn't a, a whole. You know, she didn't bring up anything about. Well, we gotta. We can't. You know, we gotta. Can't kill people. I just. Darlene is just really weird. Angela's really weird. Those two characters, there's something, w- not wrong, but something up Ismail's sleeve with these two that will be revealed later on. Yeah,
0: because we don't have the the full knowledge no. that Angela and Moss is make, Angela Price and Darlene has a deep sense. dark secret. Yes. You know. Darlene is Joanna's long-lost sister. Anyway, um, so Robot finally hears Elliot's plea to help. Help me. Open that door. And um, and he does. Um, robot goes over and just dismantles the keypad, gets Elliot in and um, Elliot's able to go over and lodge the uh, the door open and pulls the Halon release. Uh, by the way, just sort of a side note. I, don't, I didn't notice the corridors too well, but aren't there just like cameras all over this fucking building? And didn't Elliot just leave his fingerprints on the Halon release valve? And doesn't he have a prison record? And isn't that easy to like... Okay. Um. So the gas well, covers yeah. the batteries. I mean, his,
1: his fingerprints are all over E-Corp too, yeah, the e too. The he main doesn't, But he
0: doesn't work at the recovery building,
1: is yeah. what I'm saying. That's and just well, with E-Corp, are. he's on levels that he shouldn't be on. Exactly.
0: So. Um. So... The gas covers the batteries. He's, he's like, we have this triumphant music, and Elliot's like, he did it. We did it. So finally, it looks like, I'm not sure, it's the beginning of, we're reunited, and it feels so good, that Elliot is possibly open to talking to his alter, Mr. Robot, and, you know, he's walking out of there pretty triumphant. By the way, I love that shot where you know, Rami leaves the room and then we cut over and it's Christian as his robot through the window. Lovely done. And we go to this narration. So here's Elliot walking along the street and he's having this kind of hero's kind of narration and, and we feel like, okay, you know, he's done something cool and he's like, so what now? Am I forever in limbo, not knowing which side I'm really on? And what about Mister Robot? Does he now understand that Terrell and the Dark Army have corrupted his alleged revolution? Does he have any fight left? If so, who's he gonna fight? Them or me? There were no paper records in the building, and the Dark Army knew that. So, why did they go to try? Why did they try to go today? What was White Rose's real plan? Does she know something I don't? And then he's looking around. Everybody's on their phone, horrified, crying on the cars, looking down at the ground. He's like. Does everybody know something I don't? I fought so hard to protect the New York facility that I couldn't see the bigger picture. It wasn't a single point of failure. I was. I like how um, we find out about the explosions and the fires around the country. Because when the girls are in the apartment and they're having their sort of face-off, Darlene and Angela's phones have those emergency alerts. I turned mine off because one woke us up at 2 o'clock in the morning. Uh, I don't know what it was, but I was way too half asleep to try and help whatever it was. And it was an earthquake. I'd find out soon enough. Anyway, so their phones go off. And obviously this major world event has occurred. Um, And Elliot is... The way they reveal that he finds out is he walks up to a storefront of, like, TVs and is watching it with about, like, nine ten people as the reports are telling us, you know, that 71 facilities have been hit, and it looks like it's strategic. So their real revolution was hijacked by the the string pullers, the real string pullers. And Elliot, like his father, was always their pawn. Um, There's, you know, all these details within this episode about who is really in power and i think white rose is emerging as our super villain um price is even second fiddle uh, to
1: her she's the only one who seems to be the string puller to me uh, from what i've what i'm seeing
0: yeah i think price thinks that he wants to be the most powerful man in the room when i think it's all all along it's been uh white rose So as we go out, you know, I'm remembering that in the last episode where Janet at E-Corp was like patting uh, Elliot on the back for uh, him successfully convincing her to digitize all the backups at the 71 facilities. And what he actually ended up doing was getting more people killed by doing that because Terrell, using the full force of the Dark Army, decided to strike all of the facilities. And only a psychopath like Tyrrell would even begin to pull this off uh, after he feels like he's been betrayed by Elliot. So, and Elliot doesn't know what all Tyrell has done. He knows that because of him, no matter what, rather than a few hundred people dying, now it's into the thousands plus. Um, could be our, you know, what would be the show's amount to the next 9-11 so yeah, um, this was White Rose's kill process to me. Um, as much as Elliot was trying to use the kill process to thwart a Robot, this was White Rose's day. All right, so miscellaneous stuff. Uh, did you notice Young Angela's house? There's a VHS copy of Pump Up the Volume. Shout out to Christian Slater in his younger days, yo. Uh, Lost Boys, Mystic Pizza, She's Out of Control, and Pretty Woman. I'm sure Reddit has um, tied the show and all of its theories to those several movies and beyond. Um, I would say that uh, it was distracting, and I'm sure there's an inside joke to it. Did you did you pick up on the enchantment under the sea cab? Um, the fatty Fatina and Georgie, his aunt with the fat fingers. All three fuses the references to fat, fat, fat. I'm sure that's an inside joke, no. Enchantment Under the Sea. Again, go to Reddit for more explanation, I'm sure. Uh, we also learned what Darlene's puzzle is. It's a series of campers and airstreams. Yeah, they're
1: not kitty cats and, and bears. Well, I thought, I thought, it thought they was, were kitty cats or I something. I thought
0: it was postcards of Budapest, which was, you know, like a, hi, Cisco. Uh, we also learned that she's been drinking whiskey, eating Chinese, chain smoking, and having her coffee. Uh, but she does have a carafe of water so at least my girl's staying hydrated also please don't try to sell darling Girl Scout cookies in a day when the world explodes wrong fucking day girls Uh, here's some theories and predictions that we'll leave you with if you're still with us I hope that you are I know I've been long winded but there was a lot that happened just blame it on Sam Esmail he wrote a bunch of shit um Theories and predictions. This is from Reddit. Uh, this one time that I went to Reddit before we did the podcast, a little bit. The series uh, may reflect the four stages of cancer, meaning that our four, um, we might just get four seasons, maybe five. Uh, this is like the patient's response to cancer denial, season one, anger, season two, bargaining, season three, uh, season four, depression, and then season five, depre- uh, acceptance. Huh? Maybe season six death I don't know
1: um, so we would be bargaining right now
0: we, I think we might be uh, I think we're bargaining possibly you know that's you know if you consider bargaining having your hand head and body slammed into uh, objects constantly um, episode seven coming up Frederick and Tanya. Mobley and Trenton possibly aren't dead. Or we may just be here to watch them get killerized by Leon. But again, as we've talked about before, if they wanted to kill Tanya and Frederick, wouldn't they not just send some uh, Dark Army Mook uh, to kill them? I don't know. Seems like uh, they might be a part of of, uh, thwarting, pre thwarting, after the thought thwarting. Because uh, Trenton was telling. Mobley, as they sat outside the fries on their lunch break or one of their breaks, that she's looking at the keys, the keys being the HSM keys. She knew and saw what Elliot knew and saw, uh, because she's a bad ass hacker. So maybe she had a way to thwart. I think there might even be something to the fact that she may have saved off a version of these keys. To have an undo, if you will, because she says and to something restore about
1: everything. she
0: has. Uh, she actually says undo uh, to Mobley. So maybe Trenton then, is our only hope, or maybe she's got a, a, a another role to play in this.
1: Then, then what's what is? Then that's going to totally bum out Angela because she wants her mom and yeah. So it, I mean, you can't
0: I, always get what you want,
1: as the Rolling Stones will tell you. I yeah. don't know. Well, I'm answer. just saying,
0: she used the word keys and said yeah. undo. And the next episode is called Frederick and Tanya, Tanya. And I think we're going to Arizona. We know the Joy Badass was out there shooting in, in Arizona. So we're going to Arizona, whether you like it or not. And we think that Elliot's at a safe house, possibly at Irving's garage. Or did he go to Arizona? Also, just have this notion that I think that Darlene is going to die this season and I think Angela kills her. I'm just throwing that out there with literally no backbone to it whatsoever. Just saying, I think that's what's going to go on. Uh, she's going to die in Angela's apartment. Um, so, I that's kind of what I have for myself, um, for us, for you guys. There's a lot to take in, even after watching it four times. I'm just saying. I don't know what happened. I think I know what happened. I'm not even sure if I'm real anymore after watching this episode.
1: Yeah, I always find myself trying to theorize about something. And then my own theory is contradicted by the next theory. Right. It's just, it's so, I don't, do you know what I feel like? is. Do you I, not
0: enjoy that? Does it bum you out?
1: No, I think it's great. Okay. I feel like like that one scene where Elliot Alderson is running down the, the corridor and I'm him bumping my head against the wall yeah
0: that's how we all felt watching you know, that episode i agree i do and you know it doesn't even knock any sense into me i don't even like become mr robot i just knock myself out and just think dumber thoughts um don't forget to follow us on twitter we are at Ashland podcast on twitter we are also at Ashland podcast on facebook how clever is that uh so join us. Uh come and weigh in. Be nice. Be cool. Don't be a dick. Um and thanks for listening. We have more and more listeners every week uh from all over the place. The Russian Federation. Thanks, guys. Da. Welcome. I don't know. I don't know how to say anything except for da. Um, uh, but shout out to the homies over in Russia. Um and the other guys who join us, Wales and the UK and Canada. We got a lot of Canada homies.
1: I think, what, what did you say? Algier, got
0: Algiers? Algiers, man. What's up, Algiers? Hello. Uh, so please keep coming back. It works if you work it. Um, and we will see you next week. Obviously, episode seven is going to be killer. We got, what, four to go? Going to get her done. And guys, just remember control is an illusion. Wear a helmet.